0: Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. I am Hayden Grove, joined, as always, by Cleveland.com Cavaliers beat reporter Chris Fedor. And we planned this. We planned this perfectly. Um, We decided that we knew that Colin Sexton was going to have one of the best games in Cleveland Cavaliers' Uh, maybe not history, but one of the best games we've seen out of a Cleveland Cavalier in a long time, and we knew he was going to beat the Brooklyn Nets, and we knew he was Kyrie Irving was going to come back. We knew all of it, so we we decided to postpone the podcast that we were going to we were going to record yesterday, and instead record it today. So you can thank us for everything that happened yesterday, last yep. night. We knew it was going to happen. It was it, we just we had this feeling, and and sure enough, it came true. So. What a, what a what better day for us to record this podcast, in all seriousness, Chris, than after one of the most—and you were just saying it before we hopped on the—or uh, pressed the record button—what um, are the best games you've seen in a long time? Yep.
1: I mean, it brought back flashbacks to Kyrie Irving and LeBron James, and I know that's elite company, but it was one of the best performances by an individual in franchise history. The numbers back that up. I mean— At one point, Hayden, he scored 20 straight points. The last guy to do that in the last two decades was LeBron. So it was just, and not only that, like all eyes were on Brooklyn going into the night because it was the new big three. It was Kyrie returning to Cleveland for just the second time. Um, This wasn't supposed to be about the Cavs, right? It wasn't supposed to be about Colin Sexton. And Colin Sexton and the Cavs made it about them given the way that they played. When Brooklyn made the comeback at the end of the fourth quarter, I thought the Cavs were done. I didn't think they were going to be able to respond to that. I didn't think they were going to be able to withstand all of the talent that Brooklyn had. But credit to the Cavs, they did again what they've done all season long. And it was just a remarkable game with some of the best individual shot making from both sides that I can remember um, in some pressure packed moments.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, all eyes were on the Nets and I think that's what made it perfect for for the moment for for Colin Sexton. I mean, the first game featuring uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant and James Harden together. Um, Kyrie Irving coming back to Cleveland for the first time in 4 years. Like it was it was pretty it was it was those were the storylines. That was supposed to be a Nets storyline. That was supposed to be their kind of coming out party and instead it felt like Kyrie Irving or excuse me, it felt like Colin Sexton had his coming out party instead, and and what a night to do it. I mean, you know, I'm not saying, like, re- regular season NBA basketball is going to be, um, you know, seen and, and talked about by, by everybody in the country, but if you're going to watch a regular season NBA basketball game – that's going to be one you're going to want to tune into because, again, because of everything going on with the Nets and because of Kyrie and because of James Harden and Kevin Durant, three of the league's biggest stars. And all of a sudden, uh, this kid from Cleveland, Colin Sexton, comes up and upstages them. And finally, you know, we've been talking about Colin Sexton for a while and how he's been one of the best players in in, in the East this year and, and you know, has been a, a walking 20-point guy for the Cavaliers and um, finally, the country, I think, got to see a little bit of that last night. And it's not that it matters so much that the country got to see it, but I think it's good for Colin that finally maybe he's getting some of the recognition that he's deserved.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's exactly what happened last night. You had Donovan Mitchell tweeting about him. You had John Morant tweeting about him beyond Colin's own teammates that were tweeting about him. You had Kyrie Irving sitting there at in his post-game Zoom conference with all these reporters saying that all he could do was laugh and and tip his cap to Colin because some of the shots that he was making, you had Kevin Durant sitting there and shaking his head. So the way that I wrote it was on a court that featured some of the NBA's brightest stars, no one shined brighter than Sexton. But here's the thing, like, yes, this was his arrival to a national audience because a lot of people were paying attention to last night's game. Twitter was exploding with what Colin was able to do. But, Hayden, he's been doing this since last December. This isn't new. This this is not new with Colin Sexton. He has been one of the most efficient and best players in the entire Eastern Conference for about six straight months now. So um, it's great that some of his critics are being silenced, right? It's great that other people outside of Cleveland are starting to recognize what he's been able to do, um, but this is this is a culmination of, you know three years of hard work behind the scenes, um, continuing to try and do the right things on and off the court. And it was always crazy to me that so many people tried to uh, make these declarations about such a young guy and not give themselves any kind of wiggle room for his improvement and the team around him improving. And I think we see with a better team around him, a better coach, Colin Sexton, this is the most important thing, Hayden, Colin Sexton is becoming a winning player. Like all of the things that he's doing now that we've seen at the beginning of this season, because his teammates are better and because the situation is better and because the coach is better, All of these things that he was doing in the first two years, he's still doing just at a higher level. And we can see now that what he does do translates to winning basketball.
0: Absolutely. I think one of the things, too, a, to think about here, and we can talk, you know, we've always talked about what a good player and, or what a hard worker and a good guy and, you know, character and all that, that Kyle Sexton has displayed. I mean, people have talked about his work ethic and, you know, how how amazingly hard he works and how he really just grinds and grinds and grinds. But I think he needed I mean, I think, you know, we've talked to, and you've you've discussed for many years or many, many years, many months about how he's, you um, he's done this since last December and you've, you've, you've kind of uh, tooted that horn for a while now that he's been doing this, but he needed that moment. I think he needed that moment to announce his arrival to say, uh, and, and, and that this was it. This was that moment for him. And I'm glad he got it because, you know, other than that, I mean, honestly, we talked about this in, on the last podcast, um, you know, regular eight season NBA basketball, isn't the most, um, especially you know here in Cleveland, the Cavaliers aren't going to get the most national media coverage. They're not going to get talked about a ton by by other you know by other markets and other you know major NBA outlets and anything like that just because there are so many superstars in the sport, and Colin Sexton is certainly not there yet. but but last that's why I think last night was so important for him is because it kind of said it kind of made people turn their heads and say, whoa, You know, this kid in Cleveland just outdueled three of the league's best, got his team a win in the process, did something that hasn't been done since LeBron James. Like, this was huge for him. And he did it on the same night that Kyrie Irving returned and wearing his number. Like, it was a, in my mind, it was a little bit of a, maybe not a coronation, but a welcome to the party, welcome to the show, kid. And now I'm excited to see, you know, where he can go from here and and what um, what his star looks like going forward.
1: And in a hilarious form as only Colin Sexton can do after the game, he didn't want to talk about himself. (laughs) Yeah. He wanted to talk about Darius Garland coming back probably on Friday and the way that Torian Prince played in his debut with the Cavs and what Jared Allen meant to the Cavs and the defense that Isaac Okoro played. Now, those questions were obviously asked to Colin, but every single time that he was asked about his individual performance and what it meant and what he feels like he showed – he was as humble as he's been since the day that he arrived here to Cleveland. And that humility um, will, I think, continue uh, to allow him to get better and better and better. Like, he's never satisfied. He's, he's always been a guy who is going to outwork everybody. He's always been a guy who seems to want it more than everybody. And he's always a guy who's never satisfied. Um, I wrote in a piece that I did previously... I was talking to his agent, um, and it was the first time his agent had ever uh, watched Colin, and it was shortly after Colin signed with this agency. And Colin's agent said, in in the first workout that he saw with Colin, um, Colin's rule was that unless it was a swish, he had to start his shooting drill over. So even on made shots during that shooting drill that his agent watched, Colin would be disappointed because the ball hit the rim. Even if it went in and hit the rim, it didn't count and he had to start the drill over. Like, that's how maniacal this guy is when it comes to being a great player. He's not going to allow himself to fail. He's not going to allow himself to be anything other than great.
0: And certainly he's proving that, you know, week in and week out, he's getting, you know, he's he's doing what he's always, you know, he's what he's been doing for the last six months. He's improving and he's proving people wrong. And I think it's just it's amazing to see his his evolution. And I, I will admit that maybe at times, I mean, I never I don't think I ever doubted him as a great player and a great worker and, and somebody who, um, you know, was going to help this franchise. But I mean, I, d- I guess I, at times I didn't see the superstar qualities that that you kind of look for in an NBA player. But I guess that doesn't even matter. I mean, it doesn't matter that maybe he doesn't maybe he doesn't have that beautiful shot, and maybe he doesn't have that, you know, um, you know, unique dribbling ability that Kyrie Irving plays. Yeah. He doesn't make the splashy plays all the time. But like, it, there's also something to be said for just. Putting your nose to the grindstone and making it all work for you and making it work for your game and and doing what you need to do, regardless of what, you know, what it looks like to other people. And I mean, I think I think if you you asked anybody about Colin, um, they would say, well, yeah, it's not the prettiest shot in the world, but damn it, it goes in and then he gets to the rim and he gets the job done. And that's really all that matters. And um, when you add that to the already the humble nature of the work ethic, the team you know, chemistry guy that he is. I mean, I think I, I'm definitely starting to, and not even starting to, I think I'm definitely aboard uh, the team Colin Train. And again, I'm just excited to see, you know, we talked before this season about getting these, the internal improvements. Well, right. I think you're you're continuing to see that with Colin Sexton. And now I think Darius Garland, you know, has a perfect role model to follow upon uh, with with Colin Sexton right in front of him.
1: I want to know who you talk to.
0: I want to about, know who you talked to about <laughs> what
1: you just said. Yeah. About it not being pretty, about it being ugly, but
0: the ball oh, say the ugly. Point. I said not being the prettiest.
1: I want to know who you talked to.
0: Who did you talk to? I to? I'm just saying, like people. I'm just I, nobody reveals their sources.
1: Because I was talking to somebody last night about that very thing, and the quote that I got was Kyrie's game is so pretty to watch. And it was so easy to latch on to Kyrie from the very beginning because of the handle, because of the outside shot, because of the flair, because of the ease in which scoring came to him. And the quote that I got from this same person was, "Collins' game is not pretty to watch, but goddamn that ball goes in the hole. At the (laughs) end of the day, that's all that matters. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like, scorers come in all different shapes and sizes, Right. Right. Great basketball players come in all different shapes and sizes. How you do it doesn't always matter. Right? Kyrie does it one way. Colin Sexton does it another way. Chris Paul does it another way. LeBron yeah. James does it another way. You know what I mean? And And that's what I think is the beauty of watching Colin Sexton. It's that maybe he doesn't look the part of most stars around the NBA. And that's okay. He doesn't have to. Maybe he Oops. doesn't look the part of most two guards around the NBA, right? Because he's 6 foot 1, he's undersized, whatever you want to say about him. And yet, despite like all those things, he plays the part of one of the best two guards in the NBA. At least one of the best scoring two guards in the NBA. And as this person that I was talking to last night said, that's all that matters.
0: Yep. Literally, that's all. That's entirely all the matter. like. I'm trying to think of other players that I mean, not off the top of my head. Does like anybody really stand out to where like it wasn't that pretty, but it just got. I mean, you know, you can have...
1: has an ugly game. Honestly, he does. Yeah, it's predicated oftentimes on drawing fouls and um step back threes and isolation. Not everybody likes isolation, right? They like the pretty ball movement. You yeah. touch it, I touch it, the next person touches it. But but James Harden, to some degree, Hayden, even though he's an elite scorer in the NBA, I wouldn't call his game pretty. Yeah, That's not a term that I would use personally. And yet, here he is, one of the elite players in the NBA, one of the elite scorers in the NBA, and Brooklyn just gave up a haul in order to get him. And the reason that I bring up Harden is because I asked Larry Nance Jr., I asked uh, J.B. Bickerstaff, I asked a bunch of different people when the last time they saw uh, a performance like that last night, the one that Colin Sexton delivered. And J.B. Bickerstaff, who coached James Harden, said he flashed back to those days of coaching James Harden. And Larry Nance Jr. said, I flashed back to the 55 that Harden dropped on us last year when he came to the Cavs. Or when he came to play against the Cavs as a member of the Rockets. Um and I, I think it's fascinating that, that that's the kind of um comparison that you draw on a night that Colin did what he
0: did. Absolutely. I mean it was it was just it was poetic in so many different ways, with as you mentioned, with Harden, with Kyrie, with you know with KD back in the building. I mean, it just it was so, so, so poetic in so many ways. And I'm 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 thrilled for Colin. I really am, because again, like I've said, like we've all said, you know, I think the hard work is definitely starting to show itself. And now it's time for a little bit. You know, he's been doing this for so long, and I think it's time for him to earn some recognition. And I think it's time for him to, to take that step into into maybe, again, maybe not stardom, but just like, you know, recognition that, hey, this guy can ball down in Cleveland. And, um, and you know, they might have something here. And I think that that... You know, he deserves that. And I don't. And the best part is, as you mentioned, he doesn't care about it. He, does, he doesn't care about that stuff. He doesn't care about what people are, what, you know, what people are saying about his game or what, you know, national media is saying. And I think that's the best part for sure. So
1: as that game was going on, I got a text from a Western Conference personnel guy who has watched Colin Sexton for a long time. And I just kept getting these one word texts from this particular person because I was in the middle of trying to do my gamer, which obviously changed course four different ways, by the way, like Colin Sexton wasn't part of my gamer, my original one, because through the first four quarters, he was good. He was scoring, but most of his explosion Hayden came in overtime and double overtime. Yep. So in my first gamer, that was a drafted copy. Um, Colin had very little role in that. And then all of a sudden, the gamer turned into him, specifically. Yeah. And, and he did that in 10 minutes of game action, which is crazy to think about.
0: Well, that's I what mean, happens when you score 20 straight points. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's ridiculous. He scored 15 of the team's 20 in the second overtime period. Kyrie was like, uh, there aren't a lot of teams in the NBA that can score 20 points in five minutes and the Cavs did and colin did most of that 15 yeah. of the 20 in the second overtime think about that that was crazy but but this was this was the sample of of some of the texts that i received okay. first one was winner <laughs> right next one was competitor <laughs> and then i got this long one having him play with better players ideal playing system and his added experience You get close to the same stat results, but the major difference is now you're getting more wins. You couldn't kill the guy because he's executing his God-given talent every night and not taking plays off. And yet people wanted to kill him for that. People are so quick to judge without truly understanding the process, basketball, and for many, their lack of patience. I don't think there's a better way to summarize that.
0: Nope. No, I think the lack of patience is huge. I think that's just everything in general. It's it's the lack of patience in in sports, and life, and um, I think the lack of patience is big. You know, because we didn't. You know, when he first came out, he didn't really show the flashes, and then you heard the kind of hey, Colin's got to learn how to play, and then right. you know all that. I mean, it, but it does take time for some guys. You know, not and especially in Cleveland, where we had where we had the luxury of watching LeBron James be a superstar from day, literally day one.
1: Yeah, and Um, Kyrie become rookie of the year.
0: Yeah, it was not very soon after that. Right. So, like, fans in Cleveland aren't really about patience in terms of basketball or in anything, really. I guess fans everywhere really aren't great in terms of patience. But um, but now I I think that – I think those who were patient and and those who were, you know, on Collins' bandwagon from the beginning are certainly, you know, reaping the benefits. And most importantly, the Cavaliers are reaping the benefits and they're seeing wins. I mean, Chris – you picked and we picked in the 20s and wins, and they're already a third of the way there. Yeah. Through 14 games.
1: Yeah, Things are obviously going to get harder. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Uh, but look, given everything that they have dealt with early on in this season, Hayden, it's absolutely incredible that this is a 500 team. Yep. Think about everything that they've had to deal with here. Yeah. The injuries, the Kevin Porter Jr. situation, um, Kevin Love has played two games. Well, <laughs> he's he's played one full game in 10 minutes, basically. Right? Darius Garland has played six. And at this point, the Cavs have played more games without a point guard than they have with a point guard. Because Damian Dotson is not a point guard. And Colin Sexton is not a point guard. They haven't had a point guard since Darius Garland went down with a shoulder injury. Colin Sexton has only played nine games. He's missed five. Isaac Okoro has missed five games. And yet here the Cavs are, they're 500. They've got the second most games lost to injury in the entire league. And most of their injuries, Hayden, have come to guys who were so, so important coming into this season. What do we say about Kevin Love? What do we say about Darius Garland? What do we say about Colin Sexton and Isaac Okoro? That those guys were going to be some of the most important players for the Cavs. And they were going to determine, in a large part, where the Cavs were going to finish this year. And those are the players that the Cavs are missing. It's not like they're missing Dean Wade. right? It's not like they were missing Fawn Maker at the beginning of the season. Um, They are primary players that were always going to be important to the Cavs' success. Those are the guys that are missing. And yet, here the Cavs are. Seven and seven, and I know it's early, but we're a month into a new season, and the Cavs are in the playoff picture. And last year in the NBA, 13 of the 16 teams that were in the playoffs um, after a month of the season went on to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and the Cavaliers are only going to get healthier, it looks like, you know, yes. Gentleman- Dylan Windler coming back on Friday, Darius Garland coming back on Friday. To play the same, by the way, tomorrow, to play the same Brooklyn Nets team. Yep. So, we'll see how game two goes, if Colin Sexton can continue his barrage, or if the you know, Brooklyn Nets are going to be out for revenge. But it's funny that they play another team back-to-back like this uh, at, in the same arena. I wonder what Kyrie's doing today, if he's visiting any of his old haunts or anything. I don't know if he can, actually, with all the things in place. But Yeah,
1: in a pandemic, I think he's just sitting inside.
0: Right. So there's
1: uh, one more layer to this Colin thing.
0: Yes. Really
1: quick. Yep. Uh, you mentioned one of the reasons why it was just so great. And Collins first game back after a sprained ankle, the Cavs having an opportunity to get back to five hundred against the Nets, against Irving. Like, yes, all of those things made this performance even better. But there was one that you left out, and I don't think this one can be ignored. This week started with chaos. Yeah. Right? So you have Kevin Porter Jr., a guy who was considered by many fans, coaches, executives in the Cavs' front office, um, and players in that locker room. You had Kevin Porter Jr. that was considered by all those people, many of those people, I should say, to be the most most naturally gifted of any of Cleveland's young core.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: More so than Darius, more so than Colin, more so than Dylan, more so than Isaac Okora. Like Kevin Porter Jr. was supposed to have um, the easiest path to stardom. He was supposed to be the one that had the potential to change the trajectory of this rebuild. And at the beginning of the week, he was exiled for unprofessionalism. So for Colin to step up, on the heels of that, and show, hey, look, maybe it's me, right? Like, you all were focusing on KPJ. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the centerpiece of this rebuild. Maybe I can be the cornerstone of this new Cavaliers era. And that was something that I thought about as Colin was doing what he was doing um, in overtime and double overtime last night, is that If he can be that guy consistently, and like we said, he's been doing it for the last six months, um, then suddenly, even though losing Kevin Porter Jr. is a huge blow to this rebuild, suddenly it's softened a little bit because you start to think that maybe Colin can be the guy that KPJ was supposed to be.
0: That's a great point. And I didn't want to get to it yet because I wanted to talk about something else really quick before we got into Kevin Porter Jr. Um, something that was also completely glossed over last night, and by no fault of his own doing and no fault of um no fault of anyone really. But uh, Jared Allen made his debut last night, as did Tori. And yeah, we Prince. can do that after KPJ.
1: All right because that fine. ties into KPJ too.
0: Okay. All right, fine. So with Google KBJ, obviously. About that. It's, it's a better you're right. It's a better transition. I just I wanted to keep the positive vibes going, but <laughs> we can we can kind of get into the negative the negative here. Um Kevin Porter Jr. obviously uh was, the Cavaliers just will move on from him uh following what appeared to be an outburst in the locker room. Um, you know, when Torian Prince took his locker, uh, or was given his locker, excuse me. Um Up until that point, Chris, it seemed like things were going well with him. You know? Like, what—was it just one bad moment that derailed this thing, or were there other things involved?
1: No. I mean, this wasn't—the Cavs don't make this decision hastily. So here's the thing.
0: From the very
1: beginning, the Cavs took a huge risk when it came to KPJ. Yes. He fell to 30 in the first round for a reason. Um, the Cavs paid $5 million and a whole bunch of draft picks in order to get him because they believed in his talent. And they said to themselves, what does it look like for a talented player like that when we give him the structure that he's never had in his life, when we give him the professional coaching, and when we surround him by other professionals rather than a bunch of kids? That's what the Cavs were thinking when they went out and drafted him. Right. Um, That was a calculated risk that they thought they were taking for them to move on, Hayden, this quick into the KPJ experiment, uh, knowing the kind of backlash that they're going to receive, knowing the kind of criticism that they're going to receive and knowing the fact that this has a bunch of egg on the face of Kobe Altman, Mike Gansey and everybody in that front office. It tells you all you need to know about the situation with KPJ. Right. Because most teams um, in a situation like this will probably continue to give chance after chance after chance because they want to be right, because they want the reward of the risk that they took. And for the Cavs to move on from this 20-year-old kid who is really, really talented, who is at the center of this rebuild at the center of their organizational plans, tells you how bad it was. And it also tells you that it just wasn't one incident in the locker room on a Friday night against the New York Knicks.
0: Yeah. This is somebody
1: who showed a history of immaturity. This is somebody who demanded extra care. This is somebody who required constant maintenance. And the way that it was phrased to me is that there was just an organizational fatigue and
0: exhaustion in dealing with him. All right. I mean, that pretty much points it out. I mean, you know, this has been going on since the offseason. It is, it, is, it is a shame. I mean, again, you wrote a piece that said basically the Cavaliers wish Kevin Porter Jr. Well, and of course, I think that's the case. I think nobody nobody wants to see a kid struggle um, through, you know, immature, well, not even immaturity, just like, you know, not good, good decisions and not good moments or whatever, especially when they draft him and they put so much time into him. So, um, but what does this... I mean, I guess you already talked a little bit about what it means for the Cavs in terms of it now, Colin. I, I think, honestly, the onus on Colin and Darius is just a little more for the time being. Yep. Um, and the onus on Isaac Coro is a little more for the time being. And maybe even Dylan Windler and, and the guys that they've drafted is a little more. But, um, you know, in the same vein, they Kevin Porter Jr. hasn't played this year. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. The culture seems to be really good. Like, right. could this be... Could this be addition by subtraction while also being subtraction by subtraction?
1: I, I don't know that I'll go that far. I, okay. I don't I don't think it's addition by subtraction, but but i'll I'll phrase it this way. Um, there were two common refrains when this news broke. Um, the first one in talking with players, people around the NBA, people inside the organization everybody that I could talk to in those wild 48 hours after the news broke. There were two common refrains, Hayden. The first one was, this organization gave him every opportunity. Mm -hmm. They did everything that they could do for him, everything that they thought was right by him. And yet, um, it's very, very difficult to help a person that doesn't want to help themselves. Yes. That was the first thing that I heard. The second thing that I heard repeatedly was this needed to happen to protect our culture. So I don't think it's addition by subtraction, but I think it prevents um, one guy from potentially disrupting all of the positive things that the Cavs are currently building. And and if they had a firm culture in place, one that wasn't still being built, Hayden one that was established, one with somebody like LeBron James, then maybe you can deal with the slip-ups, right? Maybe you yeah. can deal with somebody who who doesn't um, give back as you're trying to give to him. Maybe you can deal with somebody who wasn't doing the things away from the court that you wanted from him, that you asked of him, so that you could regain that trust, so that so that he could show you, that he had learned from his mistakes and he was a different person and he was going to be a professional and he was going to make better decisions. Um, But the Cavs aren't in that position. They're not that organization yet. They want to be that organization eventually. They're building a foundation and a culture so that they can be. But while that's being built, I think you have to be really, really careful in terms of if, if you're going to sit there and say, this is a culture based on discipline and accountability and togetherness. You have to be really, really careful about the kinds of people that you bring to that organization and the kinds of people that you give chance after chance after chance after chance to. You do not want to wrecked, uh, wreck the positive things that you have, that you're building. And, and I think the Cavs started to believe that there was a chance for somebody like KPJ to disrupt that. And I don't think they wanted him around some of these young guys um, that have shown the ability to handle everything that the NBA throws at you in a way that KPJ hasn't. I don't think they wanted him around the young guys that have shown um, the kind of professionalism that you have to have as a young player that KPJ hasn't shown.
0: So going forward... Um, obviously, the Cavs say they want to move on. So, obviously, Kevin Porter's not around the team right now. Yep. Um, they said they're looking to trade him. I mean, is there any way that they could trade him? I mean, just given everything, do you see that as a possibility at all? Teams have reached out. Yeah.
1: The Cavs, in the past, have had conversations with teams about KPJ. In the past, they rebuffed all of everything. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't want to entertain any kinds of offers because at one point, KPJ was considered untouchable by this organization. Um, But because some of those teams have reached out in the past, I think the Cavs have a general idea of the kinds of teams that were once interested and may still be interested if, again, they have the kinds of leaders to keep him in line and they have the kinds of uh, cultures um, that the Cavs are trying to build, but aren't there yet. So I keep thinking, no. On one hand, um, I'll put it this way: like,
0: hmm,
1: how can I put it? So if they do trade him, they're not going to get much.
0: Yeah, the value's not very. High. I just under, Like, I don't understand what they, what they could possibly get.
1: So they could attach him to Javel McGee or something along those lines and get something. And again, it's not going to be great, but it could be something. I I don't know. I I just think the Cavs right now are trying to figure out what the best of their bad options is with him.
0: Yeah, It's either release
1: him or trade him.
0: I guess they're not losing anything if they just, you know, keep him away. You know, like they're they're not. I mean, again, just they're, no, they don't a,
1: they're not.
0: They're not. They don't have much but, of a hurry.
1: Well, I just don't think they want to drag this out. I just think they want to be done, done, done.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Even
1: though he's not around the team, um, it's still something that the front office has to deal with in terms of trying to find trade partners, trying to figure out the next steps. You know what I mean? And, and I just think they've already invested so much time, so much effort, so many resources in trying to help him and trying to get him back with this team. Um, and if he's not going to give back to them in the way that they feel like they've given to him again the trade deadlines march twenty fifth but I just think they want to be done with the whole situation sure so so my understanding is it's probably going to be sooner rather than later. it's just a matter of how
0: yeah yeah it's it's a tough situation but I think we all just hope the best for him and hope he can find you know happiness and and whatever he needs to to you know be the most successful and um, happiest and and healthiest guy he can be I mean it's just it's tough yeah. At that age, it's tough. I mean, certainly I wasn't in a good place at that age. I remember not that I was, well, I I had my own struggles with my own things. And I think that age, you're just, you're learning about your life and you're, you're, you're going, you don't know how to really be an adult yet. So it's, it's tough.
1: I Um, mean, this is a 20 year old kid. I, I think we have to remember that. Right. And Some of the things that that he's trying to work through as a 20-year-old are different than most 20-year-olds. This is a kid who grew up in chaos. This is a kid who grew up in a bad neighborhood. This is a kid who lost his father at an early age. And this doesn't excuse any of the stuff that he did, and it doesn't make any of the stuff that he did off the court right, but these are the kinds of things that the Cavs kept saying about him and why they were willing to give him extra care and why they were trying to provide him with a structure in place that he never had before. This is a 20 year old kid, Hayden, who moved um, some of his family members here to Cleveland so that they could be safer. Mm -hmm. Think about that level of responsibility. Yeah, man of the house trying to help his entire family. That's a lot to put on one guy. Yeah. And I just think it was way too much for him to deal with. And and I hope he gets the help that he needs. It's a sad situation because he is so talented. Yeah. And, and I think the Cavs have said this a few different times. Uh, at his core, he's a good person that teammates, coaches, and members of this organization liked.
0: Yep. Yeah. No, for sure. It's, um, Again, I, I, I echo your sentiments for sure. Just hope that he gets on the right path that he needs to for himself, for his family, for everybody involved. And, I mean, the talent is there, and, and you know, hopefully he gets to show it off uh, somewhere. Yeah. But he's uh, got to
1: make better decisions off the court, and he's got to surround himself with better people that want the best
0: for him. And right yeah. now
1: that's not the case.
0: Yeah, 100%. Okay. Now we can talk about Jared Allen. Yeah. <laughs> um, Last night was supposed to be the Jared Allen playing against his old. Yes. That that was supposed to be the story. That was was
1: one of my story angles.
0: Yeah, it was supposed to be, you know, Jared Allen has returns or faces the Nets in his first game with the Cleveland Cavaliers, his old team, and Torian Prince faces the Nets. And all of a sudden, I mean, listen, he definitely made an impact, no doubt. Uh, Came in, made some big blocks right away, and and made himself known. A good night for him. It just got overshadowed.
1: Dude, he took Drummond's minutes late in the game. Yeah, Drummond got benched. Think about that. Yep, that's how good Jared Allen was playing. He's a difference maker, man. He was plus ten in the minutes that he was out there on the court. I think, you had, a,
0: I think you had a tweet that said Jared Allen is a. Di- I think he really. I think it was literally like Jared Allen is a difference maker or something like that. He's an impactful dude. I think impactful dude perfect uh, hey
1: i mean you're right 12 Great 11 defense. 2 4 and 1 i mean yep. my goodness and he was making face up jumpers at the end of the game and i think Torian and prince had the quietest 17 and 7 night that we've ever seen that was impactful as well yes yeah. so um i think we talked about this when it happened Torian and prince was supposed to be the throw in right yeah. It was a couple of years ago when the Cavs targeted Larry Nance Jr. and they got Jordan Clarkson as a throw-in, and the throw-in became like really important to the Cavs. Yes, and I I think we could have a situation that is duplicated here. Torrey and Prince bring some things that the Cavs need, Hayden. They need his versatility to play three and four. They need his defensive toughness. They need his ability to rebound. And he's a really good outside shooter. At least he has been throughout the course of his career. I think it's three straight years, maybe, um, coming into this year where he made at least 120 threes. That's the kind of guy that the Cavs could use. He's going to be helpful to them. And I think he showed that in his short stint last night, that he has an opportunity to be much more
0: than just the throw-in of the Jared Allen trade. And given that, I mean, I guess Kevin Porter Jr. wasn't like a traditional wing, but it maybe softens that blow a little bit. Now you're getting into something. Yeah. Because that's another something
1: that I heard when it came to the Cavs' decision to move on from KPJ. They were starting to wonder, not if they needed him, of course they needed him, but given some of the other guys that were going to take minutes at the wing, KPJ wasn't going to get the same opportunities. And he wasn't going to get the same minutes that he had gotten at the end of his rookie year. And they wondered how he was going to handle that. You know, yeah. And considering how volatile he was with some of the other things throughout the course of this offseason and over the last couple of months, um, that was something that the Cavs absolutely weighed. Prince is going to get minutes, right? Jetty's going to get minutes, Uh Larry Nance Jr. is going to get minutes sometimes at the three. Dylan Windler is going to get minutes. Um, so that was something that was absolutely um, part of that consideration.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it, it certainly, again, uh, it's it's still a big blow, but it certainly softens the blow when you can get a guy like that who's going to shoot the ball, play a three and D. I mean, that's that's certainly going to help. And I, and I don't want to gloss over this either. Last night, Jenny Osman played really, really well. Right. Um, he was kind of the focal point until... I mean, maybe not the focal point of your whole story, but definitely was mentioned probably more than Colin Sexton until the overtime yep. periods. Yep. Um, played really, really well. Isaac Corral played well defensively. Like, you know, those wings that were probably a. It just it was it wasn't it was a question mark. It's it, it was a position that they just needed to really like. Find, find you know, find what they were gonna do with it. And now all of a sudden Jetty's been playing decently well to start the season. Um you know, Isaac Okoro has definitely brought in something different to their to this team and, and definitely will learn and grow. Uh you're gonna have Dylan Windler back to maybe finally show what he can do at that position. Now you bring in Torian Prince, who obviously has been in the league for a while and he can, you know, he does what he does. So maybe the, maybe it's not maybe it's a position that is just not one guy is going to take it over. Maybe that just all these guys are going to do different things for that position. And maybe that's enough to to solidify it to the point where the Cavaliers are going to have something uh, sustainable, at least for this year. And on
1: top of that, Hayden, Jared Allen brings everything together in this rebuild. And when it comes to the core of this team moving forward, suddenly it's not just an ill fitting mishmashed group of talent. You know what I mean? Now the pieces fit. You've got Darius Garland, Colin Sexton as the backcourt. You've got Isaac Okoro as the rugged defender with the developing offensive game, the potential two-way wing at the three spot. You've got Larry Nance Jr. at the four, who is going to get a ton, a ton of interest at the trade deadline from other teams around the NBA. Yep. And then you've got Jared Allen, the big rim-protecting, rim-running, Uh, athletic pick and roll threat. And he's the guy who's going to protect the undersized backcourt. The Cavs knew uh, the minute that they invested in the Darius column backcourt, that it was up to them to find the pieces around those guys to to keep their um, defensive limitations from being exposed on a nightly basis. Uh, Last year, they were exposed on a nightly basis because they didn't have, the Cavs didn't have the right pieces around them but that was also tied into the fact that it was so early in the rebuild and they needed more time to assemble those pieces now it all comes together and with alan protecting those guys you start to feel like you're not going to be um, obliterated defensively to the same level that you can get away into the future playing that kind of backcourt together
0: yeah it's, I mean, I, I got to give credit. I mean, we've, we've given credit to Kobe Ullman. But, like, that trade, we talked about it last week. It kind of makes things, like, the glasses were there. They were on, and they were maybe just a little bit off. Like, they weren't as clear as you want them to be. And then all of a sudden with that trade, it's like you wiped them and got a new lens, and now it's like, oh, you can see. Like, we can see what this thing is might look like and what it should look like, and it's exciting. I mean, last night was just the first glimpse, and again we'll get to see tomorrow night hopefully the same thing and the same thing with um the same thing with an added Darius Garland and added Dylan Windler like tomorrow i mean as, as much as last night was the the coronation of uh, maybe not a coronation that's a little bit of an extreme word yeah but the, i think
1: so <laughs> the, <laughs>
0: it's it, you're right it's a little bit of an extreme word the the welcome w- welcome to the show party for Colin Sexton um, Tomorrow night could be a welcome to the future party for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean that tomorrow night they should have maybe minus Kevin oh my Kevin Love, maybe not a part of their long term long term future. So tomorrow night could very well be that, hey, this is what we're looking at going forward from this point on out. This is the Cleveland Cavaliers. and you know, we will see
1: I think um, I think Jedi Osman said that in the post game last night. i'm I'm yeah. looking for the quote. <laughs> yes. There it is. It says got Colin back. Obviously, like you said, we had J A and T P, Jared Allen and Torian Prince, and can't wait for D G, Kevin Dillon and Deli to come back too, because I know we can do something special, and the coaching staff is already doing a great job. There you go. I mean, can this I ask- coaching staff has had to deal with um, the deck basically stacked against them. From the very beginning, because of all the circumstances surrounding this offseason that we talked about, right. then all of the injuries that they had to deal with throughout the course of the preseason that prevented them from building the kind of chemistry and continuity that they wanted. And then the injuries that continued into the regular season. Um, give this coaching staff like a full deck. And I'm really, really fascinated to see what they can get done here.
0: Yeah, it's going to be exciting for sure. I mean, and again, comes at a good time where... Yeah. Um, you know, everybody's it's just it all it's all coming together at once. You were gonna ask me a question. question. Yeah, I want to ask a question. Um, is Delhi okay? Like obviously, like it's just been crazy with the Cavaliers this year with injuries, but like this has kind of been under the radar. He's been under the concussion protocol for quite some time now. Yeah. Like is there any update on him? Short answer
1: is I don't think he is. Um His history of concussions makes it harder for him to recover from concussions than other people. That's just the way it goes. We've seen it in the NHL with Sidney Crosby, haven't we? Yes, we have. We've seen it in the NBA with somebody like Al Horford. I can't remember how many games Al Horford missed, but I think it was close to like 30 that he missed with a concussion because guys that have a history of it have a harder time recovering from it so the progress has been slow but um I, I i don't i don't know that there's any update and i don't know that the calves can provide any update because it's not like a sprained ankle yeah. right it's not like a fractured hand somebody once phrased it to me hayden um concussions are like snowflakes Some are big. Some are small. You just don't know until the guy is in the concussion protocol and you don't know how he's going to progress until you actually get him to that point where you try and get him to progress. Right. But but it's obviously not a great sign, if we're being honest, that Delhi can't be on the bench. It's obviously not a great sign that Delhi can't travel. And the Cavs are obviously going to be very, very cautious because... He has taken a lot of really, really tough blows.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, definitely, you know, feel for him, and hopefully, he's doing better soon. I mean, that's just—it's something that we've. I mean, it's just kind of been glossed over for so long. I was like, and you mentioned so. You
1: know, like, here's the thing: I don't think it's been glossed over, but you're not. It's it's not an injury that is going to get you constant updates. Does that right. make sense? That's what I
0: mean. That's what I mean. It's just like. Well, usually I mean again, I maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking more of the NBA, NFL and like, oh yeah, concussion protocol probably out for a week or so. I mean, okay. For but some, like, yes. Yes. Yeah. For, some, for some that's for correct. For some, yes, exactly. But given Delhi's history, it's like when you first hear concussion, my first thought is, Oh, you know, it might be a tough week or two, but then you're back. But with Delhi, it's just been it's been like a month. It's been about it's been over a month. So um again, just, just hope he's doing better and hope he can get back soon. And, and hope he's, you know, I know he has a new family and a young boy at yep. home. Um, hope that he can enjoy that as much as he can. I mean, it's just tough. It's a tough thing for a good guy and a guy that's been, um, you know, very much a, a part of Cleveland's basketball history.
1: And a guy uh, that I think they need. Yeah. If he was going to be the backup point guard. They've yeah. been in desperate need of a point guard for right. the last couple of weeks now.
0: Right. Oops. Damian Dotson um, filling in that role. Yeah, so I
1: mean, by the way, good on Damian Dotson. He yeah. has been awesome for the yeah. Cavs this year. And the situation that he was thrown into, he hasn't played point guard since he was in high school, he told me. And yet, wow. here he was having to play point guard. And no, the the Cavs offense didn't function the same, and they really, really struggled to score 100 points. Um But Damian did probably better than anybody could have imagined, given those circumstances, while he was asked to play point guard. So he deserves a lot of credit. And that was an under-the-radar, shrewd signing by the Cavs. And they got him on a non-guaranteed contract for next year,
0: which makes him really, really valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just excited. I'm excited for tomorrow night. and I'm excited to see like I said, I'm excited to see everybody kind of come together and I know they're still missing Kevin and they're still missing Delhi. I get that. Um, But it's just an exciting step in the right direction. And who knows if they'll ever be fully healthy. I mean, given the, you know, how many teams in the NBA and how many teams in general are fully healthy all the time anyway, you know, so maybe by the time Kevin gets back, there'll be another issue. So hopefully not, but um, it's an exciting prospect going forward. And um, especially given that they're going to be playing this Nets team again and uh that you know colin sexton maybe there will be some more eyes now for him which i think he definitely deserves and um you know now that we know what's going on with kevin porter jr again wish him the best but it seems like it seems like this is the start of their last night kind of was the start of okay you know this is this is the new cavaliers going forward and maybe maybe they're going to prove some people wrong
1: we'll see i mean they've been proving people wrong all season long they had that 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 stretch where they were wrecked by injuries and they started to fade, right? And I think a lot of people were looking at it saying, okay, well, you know, uh, this is what we expected from the very beginning, cute start, hot start, now they're going to fade, they're going to have the natural fade, but this team just keeps fighting, man, and they yep. are just not going to give in.
0: Yep, and that's all the Cavaliers want, that's the culture, that's everything, it's just Yeah, not, I
1: mean, like, even if it doesn't come in and wins... Right. Right? Like these are things that you as an organization can
0: start to build off of. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm excited for tomorrow night. That's that's the uh, that's where we're at. We're looking forward to the future. We're looking forward to a pretty healthy Cavs team. We're looking forward to Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, uh, Torian Prince, Jared Allen, Larry Nance Jr., Isaac Okoro, Jody Osman, Dylan Windler Um, getting back out there. Damian Dotson getting back out there. It's It should be fun. It should be fun, especially, again, given that I'm assuming that the big three for the Nets will play tomorrow night, right?
1: Uh, I don't know. You never want to assume anything in the NBA. Yeah. But I, I, I think they need more time to work on their own issues and, and try and figure out how to play together. So I would think that they want as many reps as possible. And it's not like it's the second game of a back-to-back. So I assume they all play. Right.
0: By the way, props to Jeff Green. One of my favorite guys ever, and one of the one of the yeah. uh, one of the better, you know, just kind of role players that's continued to do it for a long time. Cleveland means a lot to him, I know. So um, good for him that he's going to be a part of that, and um, the best to him going forward as well. Yep. All right, Chris. You anything else from you? Nope, nothing. Got to go to Cavs availability. All right, man. Sounds perfect. Thank you so so much for uh, joining us, everyone. Again, if you haven't already, sign up for Chris's subtext. It is $3.99 a month. It is a 14-day free trial. He will give you all the inside information and analysis that you need on the Cleveland Cavaliers as they move forward into this future. So, again, sign up for Chris's subtext. All you got to do is look at the bottom of the cleveland.com slash Cavs uh, page that this will be on, uh, or excuse me, the post that this will be on on the cleveland.com Cavs page, and you will find it there. You just put in your number, and it's easy as that. So go check it out. You'll be sure to enjoy it. All right, Chris, thank you so much. We will talk to you soon, and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night. Sounds good, bud. All right. Thanks, everybody. Take care.